Oh, wait. Hold up. What do you mean, hold There's up? another thing. When do you slide? We haven't missed an entire half of this game. <laughs> what the heck? Ah! <laughs> There's phase one and phase two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how we do, do these people love this game? Yeah, we missed the whole I mean, phase of the game. That's why. One, two, three, phase four, one, five, place. <laughs> phase two, slide. slide. I got eight. Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we shuffle and deal away the blues with Cheer Up. Next up, we rise at the crack of dawn to build our own sustainable lifestyle in Agricola. And lastly, we block, move, slide, and groove our way to the win in Kensington. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello. Ed Povolitis. Hey, come to play a game. And Mike Grenier. Mahalo. Our first game up this week is Cheer Up, designed by Chris Rio, published by Cheer Up Games in 2018. Number of players 4 to 8, ages 17 and up. Playtime, 30 plus minutes. All right, Mikey, tell us what's in the cherry box. On the cover of the box, we see a very happy puppy with his huge tongue hanging way out and a warning that this game is for adults only. Inside, we find a huge stack of cards, 500 to be exact, and there's also a Not Safe for Grandma expansion if you got it through Kickstarter. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we get into the ABCs of this game, and that's going to make a lot more sense once we're actually reviewing it, <laughs> Evan, mm-hmm. cheer us up with some rules. Cheer Up is a party game where players use adjective, noun, and verb cards to answer questions in the best way possible. Each turn, the judge will flip over a question card, and the other players draw cards from the required decks. Using these cards, they answer the question in the funniest, best, or worst way possible, that's me, (laughs) and the judge picks the combination they like best. Rule cards change up the game by adding absurd instructions, they are absurd, for players to follow when reading out their card combinations. And that's cheer up! So this box is full of cards. Uh Uh-huh. 500 to be exact. (laughs) I have a question about the box, though. Mm-hmm. Why is there a dog on the cover? <laughs> <laughs> is, is, there, is there a subtlety I missed? I mean, Evan, when when you look at this dog, does it make you cheer up or not? I mean, look at that tongue. Look at that smile. Well, I suppose so. I mean, yes, I'm a dog person, mm-hmm. uh, so... But, you know, they chose their, their cool mascot, which is probably one of their dogs. It is one of their dogs. Okay. Yeah, I saw on their Instagram, I got the... Uh... Happy ninth birthday to the goofiest of goofballs. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so there you go. The game is not dog-based in any way, though, Evan. You're right. Okay, I empathized with exactly none of what you guys were talking about for the last minute. <laughs> I'm not a dog person. This dog is does nothing to cheer me up. And yes, I would agree, Evan. It is incongruous and a slightly off-putting with the length of the tongue. anyway inside the box right 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 inside the box there's a bunch of cards and the funny thing is that even though this is an adults only version there's a step further 
inside the box, there's a section of cards that are covered up called NSFW cards. NSFW is not safe for work, but in this case, instead of work, it's not safe for grandma. So NFFG. You know what? You know, that's ageist. That's ageist. Yeah, I was going to say grandmaist, which I thought was better. It's very specific. Same yeah. thing. Because you know what? My grandma has seen it all way mm-hmm. more than I've seen. Yeah. Now, there's definitely some grandmas out there that this would be really tame for, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Get their freak on. <laughs> grandma get their freak on. Yeah. Thanks for putting that image in everybody's head. Well done. Anyways, back, back to the dog on the cover. <laughs> so this game has what in it? A cards, B cards, and C cards. Why? Well, uh, depending on what uh, Q card, which is the other kind of card that you get, which is the question, um, it tells you which types of cards are allowed to be used to answer that question. So, for example, we have a question that says, what caused you to get sent to the emergency room? And, the, and you can answer it with A plus B. So that means you can use an A card and a B card to answer it. So an example of that would be Jealous Angel. <laughs> jealous would be the A card and Angel would be the B card. Was there a pattern as to which words were A words versus B words versus C words? Because I didn't know, I didn't really detect a discernible pattern. I mean, I think B was mostly nouns. Like, yeah. Well, like your A's are adjectives and I think your C's are maybe adverbs or phrases. Uh-huh. Yes, phrases that act as adverbs, basically. So screaming is an example of a C card, you know. So that that tells you, like, it gives you an idea of what kind of card you're going to use. That would make sense. Yep, adjective, noun, verb. Now, if they had put the words adjective, noun, and verb on there, or, uh, you know, that might have been a lesson to teach people a little bit of the English language. (laughs) But instead, they went with the... Don't bring grammar into my party game, Mike. You said, I, I, I thought, well, there's grandma, so I thought of grammar too, grammar. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, like, it just seemed like every card had this void-like space on it with like a single word in the middle and the letter in the top left. And of course, their logo in the bottom left with the little dog. Mm-hmm. But it, it just seemed like they're, you know, I'm not saying it has to be more complicated or overly complicated, but it was a lot of wasted real estate. Let's just put it that well, way. What do we call this? Uh, economical? Is that a ch- yeah. charitable description? In other words, didn't have to spend a lot on artwork for this game. No, no, they did yeah. not. I mean, if you look at other games of ilk, you know, your apple to apple, they pretty much just have a word on a card as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that the, the cards didn't bother me. It just gives you the facts, right? You need the word. That's it. Oh, yeah. In fact, I mm-hmm. could have done without the dog. <laughs> wow, Celeste is, Celeste is not loving dogs wow. today, boy. Check that Eating out. Eating on the no. <laughs> That's not different from any other day, Mike. True, true, true. <laughs> Touche. So, you know, we'd, we'd get a question like, what would be the saddest news story? Mm-hmm. And then you have your A, B, and C, and it would tell you on that question card which, which, uh, which ones you got to use, A, B, or C, or, or a combination of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Being forced to use a combination was very interesting. I like that convention. Yeah, I would say that was the best part or the best expansion of the apples to apples concept, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the other yeah. thing that's helpful about that is you get to see more cards. So every time you get that question in, you draw more cards, you know, looking at them. So you're getting to see different types of words. You're not stuck with like, oh, I got seven and I used one last time. So I got one new card mm-hmm. that's true yay 
That is kind of nice. That <laughs> is one of the bummers in Apples to Apples is just getting one new card and stuck with five cards or whatever that you just... You're staring at those duds of cards for yep. days on end. Backseat drivers in your hand. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and that stinks for a party game. It is nice that you you basically burn through cards and there are plenty to burn through here. One other innovation I have here, kind of, there are cards. We, like, we got the A, B, and C already covered, the Q card cutter. Now you got a whole other deck, the R card. And Ed, you want to tell us what the R cards are a little bit? The rules you must follow in order to answer the question appropriately. Rules being used loosely. It's more yeah. like performative suggestions. Like right, say it basically. in an accent of some kind. Right, or, say it in know. a Scottish yeah. accent. Do it in slow like motion. That. Yeah, yeah. Those those can be fun, though. It adds a little improv to the game. and No, a little theater to the game in a way. Yeah. And it makes people, it puts people out of their otherwise comfort zone. Some people can't, they claim they can't, they just haven't tried hard enough, but claim they can't do accents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this puts them in a position in which, okay, now it's time to try your Well, Ed cannot do accents. I mean, let's be honest. I'm perfectly fine trying. I do accents. It's just not the appropriate (laughs) accent. I I worry, though, that that kind of a performative piece to it uh, might be a little bit too much for some people that are pretty shy about playing a party game. And I'm sure you can easily play the game without it. Yes. Ed makes up for bad accents with good cadence. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, It better be some darn good cadence because those are some really bad accents. (laughs) (laughs) It all kind of just falls back to some version of Swedish or something. I know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Ed loves the yeah. Yeah. What's your Russian accent? Yeah. He does start a lot of accents with yeah. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I, so one thing i would say for this game that is kind of genius is and games like it too is that they force more content to come from the players than comes from the game itself like we you mm-hmm. really put the fun into it by explaining why a screaming angel is the answer to your uh to the question you know you don't mm-hmm. just say screaming angel and let it be you know you can actually spend some time to explain why oh you get to oh ah! I think it's a great way to end a day when I'm dancing suggestively Worst and thing. spitting at the same time. <laughs> that is an elderly That's very thing. good. I remember a long time I was having a date with somebody and while I was pooping, I laid an egg. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Uh, you mean you have to spend some time explaining why? Because there's no way it makes any sense at all. <laughs> right. Because you're basically shoehorning these things into a, a, mm-hmm. a ba- praying that they'll buy it. Yeah. And knowing your judge or the people you're playing with is super important because just, just like the other apples to apples type clones too, is that if you play to the judge, you're better off than just trying to choose them, quote unquote. But what's interesting here that's a little different than the, the other game we're talking about it you they know who throws in a question because you have to explain you know tell what car, your cards are and put a little storytelling into it mm-hmm. so it's not like oh i got a secret card and i'm trying to guess who gave me this card or anything mm-hmm. like that. no that person is giving you the whole spiel the story and the, whatever the rule card is in and just telling it all up mm-hmm. yeah That's true yeah so in this game chemistry counts whereas yeah. in apples to apples mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah Right. Charisma and chemistry. The bard will win this game every time. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury. Cheer up, Mike. 
I didn't hate this game, but it wasn't extraordinarily novel either. It could be fun for party, but for me, that isn't really enough to get me this time, so I'll bury it. Ed? I'm not that interested in the kind of party game, but this is one of the little bit better iterations of this type of game. It's funny without trying to be too offensive. For that reason, I'm going to give this one up a dig. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give this one up a dig. I like it. (laughs) Yoda style. Evan? Cheer up is fine. It's an adult (laughs) party game. Yeah, fine. It's fine. It's an adult party game. It uses words and like many others that have come before, you know, so you know what you're getting. The novelty is in the three different piles of words, which can lead to funny and clever answers. For what it is, it's fine. Dig it up. I'm not a huge fan of adults-only games. It's usually just an excuse to mask lazy humor and crude raciness. But but there are enough innovations in this game to make it a worthwhile addition to the Apples to Apple style family. I'm digging it up. So if you have thoughts about the dog, does it cheer you up or does it bring you down? Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We are at Which Game First. Hello, everybody. We wanted to just take a minute to talk to you about what's going on with Which Game First. Uh, The first thing we wanted to say was thank you to all of our patrons. Over the last couple years, we know everybody's been crunched for money. We get it. We really appreciate our patrons sticking with us and or joining us. So welcome to the new patrons and thanks so much for sticking with us, patrons. Thank you, guys. And if you want to become a patron of this show, we just wanted to tell you what you could get as a patron. For just $3 a month, you can go to our website, click on Become a Patron Today. You get our exclusive patron-only podcast. Bonus points. Bonus points. There's over 40 episodes of that, and you get some exclusive episodes of Which Game First from way back in our vintage archives. Oh, yeah. They are some of our best episodes, and they are (laughs) patron-only. And we have discussed whether or not we will release them to the general public for everyone. We've talked about it a lot. We decided, no, it it is for you, the patrons only. Yeah. And you know, I hope you appreciate it because those episodes, the first couple took us like 14 hours to edit. <laughs> we were learning how to do it and getting our groove. And uh, so we put extra special care into them. And I hope you can. Extra love. And there's some pretty nice oddball games in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And don't forget that Which Game First, a board game podcast is live on Thursday nights yeah. at seven o'clock. Come and watch us figure out a new game that we probably haven't played before and maybe you can help us figure it out yeah we love interacting with you during the course of the game we often have trivia we also talk with you guys as our thought process is unfolding it's a lot of fun very interactive we would love for you to join us catch us on facebook you can watch us on youtube and you can also watch us on twitch thursday night seven o'clock eastern and we're going to be poking our nose into a couple other social medias that uh, we'll let you know when it when it gets rolling. But that is happening soon. Ooh, can't wait to hear about those, Mikey. Our next game up this week is Agricola, designed by Uwe Rosenberg, published by Lookout Games in 2007. Number of players, 1 to 5, ages 12 and up. Playtime, 30 to 150 minutes. (laughs) At least. (laughs) Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. 
The cover shows a humble farmer tending to a very confused sheep and a content piglet. (laughs) Inside this simple seeming box, there are a ton of components. We have 47 tiles for fields, huts, and houses, five farmyard boards, three action boards, a major improvements board, 360 cards for improvements, actions, and, of course, begging, 138 counters for clay, reeds, stone, grain, and wood, five family member markers, 36 food markers, nine multiplication markers, three claim markers, and a score pad. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we plant some seeds of wisdom about this game, Evan, give us some food for thought with the rules. In Agricola or Agricola, still up for debate how you exactly <laughs> pronounce this, but yes. uh, I, I like both, actually. Agricola. <laughs> Agricola. <laughs> in this game, you'll, you'll play as, family, as a family of farmers over the course of 14 rounds, steadily building up a mostly empty space into a vibrant farm full of grains, vegetables, and animals, as well as improving the living conditions for your family. This is a worker placement game. Mm -hmm. You use your workers to gather the resources, improve your farm, and earn enough food to support the family. Resource collection includes raw materials such as clay, wood, or stone. Improvements include building fences, structures, and upgrades to your farm. Improvements also means expanding the family, so produce kids in order to get more work accomplished. But don't forget to have enough room in your house to support the kids, and more food will be needed to keep them active on the farm. Mm -hmm. As I said, there are 14 game rounds occurring in six stages, with a harvest at the end of each of those stages. And remember, each action can be taken only by one player each round. Worker placement. Put your worker down, and that is it. You locked everyone else out of that spot. Now, each player also starts with a hand of seven occupation cards and seven minor improvement cards, which we'll talk about. The player with the most points at the end of the game, 14 rounds later, wins. And it's like that Swiss guy in the cough drop commercial says, Agree, agree, (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Yeah, oh gosh. So, uh, did I play this game, guys? Celeste, you did not okay, play this game. Okay, thank God. We, we, I was we, like, yes, <laughs> I played this game with you years ago, Celeste. Yeah, you didn't play it with us when we played it the other week. Yeah. If that's what you meant. Well, we played because we played it on Board Game Arena recently, but I did bring it over to play with you a while ago. I mean, some years ago, and have since never decided that I would never bring this game to you ever again. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was that yeah. memorable. I, yeah, because I must have blocked it out from trauma because I don't remember this at all. I was listening and I'm like, oh boy, I hope I didn't play this game with these guys because I don't remember it at all. <laughs> it does look a little familiar though, Ed. Didn't mm-hmm. we play a sort of streamlined version of this game? We did. Yes. What yeah, was I that did. called? All Animals Big and Small. Yeah. Like that. It was. It, it was the two-player ver- variant of uh, uh, Agricola. Basically, it's a small little game. It mainly focuses on the animal husbandry part of it. The pain is the same. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, way more forgiven. I do remember enjoying that game. So Mm -hmm. tell me more about this larger, much, much (laughs) larger version of the game. Classic Euro game and a worker placement game. A very, very harsh worker placement in some Mm. cases. 
there's like, I really need food, but the guy before me just took the only one remaining to get food. Mm-hmm. Ah. Hello, happened to me twice. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a oh, bit, actually, boy. Mike. I can just imagine if Ooh. I was there, I would have been constantly blamed for blocking somebody <laughs> for something. <laughs> How dare you take the Buddha? And that was one wood factor. per piece of yeah. fence there? One, yeah, two, three, one four, wood five. per piece of fence. I found eight, eight wood building that. Yes, you did. I guess I'll call you Ed Wood. Oh, God, Ed. You're first, huh? Ed? You took the meeting? <gasps> and you did not check that with me. I knew it. Yeah, what was that all about, Ed? There's a space for two wood in there. I don't know what you're talking about. There's there, plenty of wood to grab. There is. There is. <laughs> Celeste, if you were there, you would have over-focused on one resource. That's my prediction. <laughs> You'd have 30 sheep and no food. Or you would have done what I did, Celeste. Figure out halfway through the game, like around the third or fourth phases, oh, I better start building fences because <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in trouble and I'm running out of time. Why, do your animals <laughs> run away if you don't have fences? You yep. really, uh, yeah. You can't, you, it's hard to maintain animals without them. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the key things, I think, in this game is getting those animals going. And getting your fencing going pretty earlier than later. Yeah. And are the animals these the cubes? They're the little cubes? Uh, the animals are a cube in the old version that I have. Of course, now in the newer printer, they're animeeples. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, thank goodness for that. Because the original version just had these discs, yeah. basically, for yeah, everything. Yeah, the discs that... were for resources, and the uh, animals were cubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not, not cool. They got little meeple versions of everything. Now, you got the little pumpkin ones for the veggies, and you got the little grain-shaped ones, and then, of course, you got the little pig. No. It's the 20s, man. You're not, you can't get away with cubes anymore. Yeah, cubes and discs, and discs for, for food and stuff? Forget yeah, that. Yeah, it's not as cool-looking. Um, nah, the, it's, it's amazing how much a nice t- touch that is to have the shaped wood for your uh, the pieces now. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's not a dick. Nah, I can clearly see that's a pig. Yeah. Gosh, we are spo- we are spoiled. I never thought I'd get to the point where I where I would complain about the shape of my wooden pieces <laughs> in a game. Yeah. yeah. After the zombie apocalypse Me. happens, we'll be using little stones and like chopped up pieces of paper that we found, scraps. But for now, we can live in this golden age of board gaming where we have meeples shaped like what they're supposed to be shaped like. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody going to be, yeah, I, I, that's not enough. I want green printed meeples. Yeah. <laughs> I want fuzz. Yeah. I want fur on the outside of the meeple stuck to it. So I want articulating texture. arms and legs so I can walk them around the board. <laughs> so Evan, you say replayability is huge. What do you mean? Huge. Oh, only because there's about 12 trillion options <laughs> in, in yeah. this game. Between, I mean, really, it's an abundance. It's an embarrassment of options almost in, as far as what you what you can do. I mean, between the, the, the fixed places that, that you place for your, for your workers, the cards, your hand of cards that you have, which is a whole extra broadening of sets of people and things that you can that you can do mm-hmm. i mean really you could it would be impossible to have the same game played twice here mm-hmm. like not even close true and yet with all those choices you still find yourself barely able to make one of them on every turn <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean there's just you just can't seem to put together the resources to yeah to the get resources it are super tight in this game mm. because you're constantly worried about feeding your people and that's mm-hmm. like your top priority because you as I found out, you lose a lot of points for letting your people go hungry. Negative points. Negative three points for every food that you're short each turn. It's a bit, and you 
And on top of it, Mike, you technically start at a negative score. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the game starts at like negative 14 points. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, those, you know, we didn't really like realize that the first time I played in person because it's like they don't tell you what the score is at the beginning. They're just like with the, the score. But because we played on Board Game Arena, it kindly told us where our score is right now. <laughs> Yeah, right in your face. Yeah, <laughs> because every you're in the hole, son. Every one of your empty farm spaces on your board is minus a couple points, right? So that's yeah. right. If yeah. you don't fill that up by the end of by the end of the game, that's negative points. Yep. So it's at so it's counting those as negative points right from the get go. That is the <laughs> correct way to look <laughs> oh, at it. It dragged my it dragged my uh, my feels down pretty hard seeing that to start with. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it is a game about building up diversity as well because they, they want you to have every type of resource. If you don't have anything of any the different types of animals or the different types of foods, negative point. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't have any farm? Negative point. Oh, you don't have a pasta? Negative point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see the duration of this game is 30 minutes per player, and it <laughs> says 30 to 150 minutes. Does that mean there's a solo play mode, Ed? There is a solo mode. Okay, all right. And oh, cool. uh, and it says it does have a shorter family game mode. Do you know anything about that? Because I like yeah. shorter. It <laughs> is shorter. It, basically, the, the family mode, you play without the cards because the cards do offer an abundance of options, probably too much for your first-time player, honestly, or you know, younger players necessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Celeste, there were three of us that played this time around we played it at Board Game Arena, like you said. How long? And we got it done in 90 minutes. Uh-huh. Right. It was a, I mean, really to the minute. Mm-hmm. So it was 30 minutes per player. And exactly. uh, you yep. guys played with the cards? Yes. We did. We did okay. play with the cards. Yes, yep. we did. I think that uh, part of the time reduction was that the box is for being played in person. So there's all that setup time and moving the pieces yeah. around mm-hmm. and tracking what re, you know replenishes on the board. But online, bam, 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 it just enters the board and you're ready to go and it cleans oh, up thank and sets goodness. up. Yeah. Thank goodness. This is a good game for Board Game Arena. Very good one. It looks it. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah. What do you guys think of the tagline for this game? The, is this attractive for a tagline? The 17th century, colon, not an easy period for a farmer. <laughs> um, is it attractive? Maybe not. Is it honest? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tough time for a farmer let me tell you i ended up with negative 24 points from begging for food oh, wow that, that was brutal yeah and most of the reason is that my my choice was to get an extra family member early on the game and i'm like i'm gonna have an extra action i'll be able to get food oh and yeah you're gonna have an yep. extra dude to starve yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i had an extra dude to starve and ed as you know because he's always sitting to my right for some reason, uh, <laughs> swooped in and stole my food that I desperately needed for two different turns. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, just a, it's just a way of life for me now. now I, let I, me I, ask def- you this: Did he steal the food and like live high on the hog, not even using it, or like double steaks <laughs> that night, or did he his people actually need it? He had steak. I mean, he had a couple extra food after swiping it. Uh, yeah, he could have. That's he probably. Cool. Yeah, he, he could have got it somewhere a else. Couple but... lack of food. If I didn't have it, I might have actually needed a begging card, maybe. You need two food for each person. And I didn't realize that you could partially feed them. I thought if I didn't have enough food, I would just starve and I would get the negative three points, which I thought it was. You get a I thought you got one begging card for one starving person. No, you get one begging card for every food that you miss for each person. 
So if you have three people mm-hmm. you, and you don't feed them at all, you get six begging cards, which are minus three points each. Bam. <gasps> Slap. So, Evan, uh, you didn't like the way the landscape worked in this game, huh? As as I was late to the game in building fences, um, unlike uh, Ed and Mike, we we came to the realization that you can't use the edge of a of a building or your house as a fence line, which is stupid so, because it you should be able to right in real life you could do it. In the 17th century, they were doing it all the time. This is my point. It gets back to that tag <laughs> phrase on the, on the box. Well, I think in the normal game, you could. I, it seemed like there was some kind of glitch or something online because it wouldn't let you build in a lot of different configurations. Me and Ed were both having trouble with that as well. There was a seven uh, fence limit per turn per player, I, I, which I ran up against because I tried to build as much as I could towards the end. But I, and, and I had a ton and finally, okay, I got my fences. Great. Now I'm going to just build, 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 build. Oh, yeah, seven maximum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he definitely uh, got blocked. That doesn't help me. Was the game in beta online or? I don't think so. I don't think it was actually so. released, but uh, I think yeah. there might've been a bug or two still in it. Yeah. Interesting. We have to make a report. S- yeah. The, the, you have to, you'll have to uh, complain to their, whoever <laughs> their Sparhawk is. Yeah. They have a Sparhawk, yep. I'm sure. <laughs> It was like, what? Is a problem? I don't think so. We're just going to leave it. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people play this game, so I'm sure they're getting the buggy points now. So, <laughs> no probably tweak them. So, it's, it's one of those games where you're building a big, fat engine. And I, of course, want to build the most cool, efficient one. But this game, in particular, cuts me off right at the knees. Like, it ends just maybe two turns too soon for me to really get things rolling. And, yeah. Uh, co- that combined with limited choices during your turn... You know, not a lot of options during your turn. Well, yeah, the best option is usually blocked because someone else took it. <laughs> yeah, right. There are options. Yeah. They're just not all good. Yeah. They're not all good. <laughs> you have to have um, a little flexibility in ways you're going to go. Like, like, oh, I want to do this to get my food, but somebody took it. And let me go the other route to get my food then. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It, yeah, and it takes a little engine knowledge. You have to know, I think, a little bit of the game in order to, to really adjust your path. Like, oh, mm-hmm. somebody grabbed the fishing pond, so let me go you know, do the minor improvement so that I can actually have a fireplace to cook up the sheep I need. Yeah, like I had, at one point, I had like 12 animals on the board, which, you know, if you if you cook them up, they're worth a lot of food, but I somebody took the spot that allowed me to get the thing to cook the animals with, so I was just sitting there, like salivating, looking out at all the sheep in the farm and not able to eat them. <laughs> Nightmare. I mean, yep. this is a wildly popular game. Oh, yeah. Is it because it's so old? Meaning it's just had a long time. It's one of the OG worker placement games? <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it came out 2007. It, it was number one on Board Game Geek back in the day. I mean, just wow. to give you an idea, it has 65,000 ratings on Board Game Geek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 13,000 comments. That's huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely it's, massive. It's definitely kind of like a meme for <laughs> for uh, worker placement games, you know. Right, Every, right. If it's not Catan, it's Agricola. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think it's almost think on the so. same level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Agricola, and it's Agricola. Agricola. It's Agricola. I listen. Agricola is Agricola is Latin for farmer. Agricola and agra sunt. Right. So then if it's Agrisunt, then it's Agricola, not Agricola. 
Case closed. <laughs> All right. I'll come up with my own pronunciation for it. Okay. Before we do that, Ed, dig up or bury. I still enjoy this classic, though I still prefer newer cousin Caverna. This can be a bit harsh to new players, so it's not great intro game, but I still love this game for its deep interactions and strategies to explore, so I'll dig it up. Evan? Caverna or Caverna? (laughs) (laughs) Agricola offers choices, lots and lots of choices. However, this being my first time playing, I realize now that most of the choices are not optimal choices. (laughs) But there appears to be a pattern or a few patterns that need to be followed to have a chance at victory, which Ed sort of outlined for me as he crushed us. (laughs) Now, to me, that's more of a bug than a feature. But despite that, I'm going to dig it up and give it some more tries. Mike? Even though this game has always been frustrating and even punishing, I still enjoy growing my engine from scratch and engaging in some animal husbandry, so I will dig it up. (laughs) So, is it Agricola or Agricola? You let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at Wishfame First. Our last game up this week is Kensington. Designed by Peter Forbes and Brian Taylor. I say. Yeah. Could there be more British names right there? Published (laughs) by Canada Games Company in 1979. Number of players, two to six, ages seven and up. Playtime, 20 minutes. My kind of game. (laughs) I say, old chap, what's in the box? The cover of the box has a besuited man presenting a game on a platter, accompanied by some fancy adult beverages and an even fancier hard-boiled egg. Behind him are glowing letters of recommendation written by the likes of such famous people as Roger Moore and Peter Ustinov. Inside you'll find a board, 20 red tokens and 20 blue tokens. And that's what's in the box. I always love to have a good hard-boiled egg with my snifter of brandy. But before we get there and contemplate our abstract moves, Evan, do enlighten us with a sophisticated take on what one does when one sits to play Kensington. Right. Kensington's an abstract ball game for two, four, six blokes. The board is made up of seven hexes, one in the center and six surrounding. The hexes are joined by squares along the sides, and the squares are joined by triangles. The game is played on the intersections where the lines join. Players play one piece at a time until all 15 of their colored pieces are placed. Then pieces are moved one at a time from one intersection to another. If a player has a piece at all three of a triangle points, they can reposition any one of their opponent's pieces. If a player controls all four points of a square, then they can reposition two of their opponent's pieces. The object of the game is to control all six points of a hex. They who accomplish this wins the game and earns the title Lord or Baroness of the Botanical Tranquility Charter of South Southwest Inverness Gate and the Guardian of Owl's Pen. <laughs> here, here. I say. I only partially made up that title, by the way. What? Oh, man. What part? What there part? is a Baroness of Owl's Pen. <laughs> That's awesome. 
<laughs> so cool. Mikey, if you had not pointed out that there is a hard-boiled egg on the cover <laughs> yes. of this box, I never yes. would have seen it. Well, I he didn't see well. it at first, but then I was like, okay, what details can I say about this? Oh, my God, there's a fancy <laughs> hard-boiled egg in its own stand with brandy. <laughs> Celeste wasn't, and a cigar. That's yeah, crazy. it's two snifters. It's two carafes of brandy, a snifter glass, <laughs> another port glass behind it, a cigar <laughs> And an egg. It's just an egg. <laughs> now that's a box cover right there. And that's not some dog, okay? That's <laughs> that, that that tells you a lot. And as right interesting there. as all that stuff is, even more interestingly are the letters on the box. There <laughs> are six letters on the box, and we were like, there's no way these are real. <laughs> They're endorsements for the game Kensington by famous people from the 80s. Yeah, it's like Omar Sharif says, this is the greatest game I've ever played. Stuff like that. And I've played bridge, and it's (laughs) fun. Quite excellent. (laughs) It is insane. And apparently, after we looked it up, all true. These are real endorsements. Obviously, well, not obviously, but most likely paid for, but still. I mean, that's some solid marketing for back in the day, though. You know, I'm going to call up Roger Moore and have him endorse this game. (laughs) And then I'm going to fan out all these endorsements as written letters (laughs) behind the uh, butler who's carrying this Kensington tray. Yeah, he looks like Mr. Wonderful from from Shark Tank, kind of. You know, he's got like a bald, like, prior tuck hair. looks like the caretaker from The Shining. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's ready to, you know, do some damage here. It's like the great statement there that the game deserves to be played along with brandy. It's served on the same plot. Uh, And a hard-boiled egg. egg. Yeah, and an egg. Because I guess you work up an appetite playing Kensington. (laughs) (laughs) Protein? Well, let's find out. Did we work up? You need brain food. That must have been a brain burner. Yeah, let's find out. Is it a brain burner, Mike? I mean, well, let me start by saying we we played it wrong for a little while first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, There's no better way to learn the game than playing it wrong. Yeah. We're like, how could this be possible? We were just like moving a piece or <laughs> or placing a piece, I think. Yeah. And we were just placing the piece. Yeah, we were just placing pieces on the board, but we figured out that you rotate between <laughs> placing a piece or moving somebody's piece, either yours or the other. And opponent's. then sliding pieces. Yeah. Right. We forgot the sliding yeah, and, phase. And that's the Oops. only way that this game could ever be won, or it's just a really confusing game of tic-tac-toe. <laughs> <laughs> and, and much to our embarrassment, because the instructions are a half a page long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How but did we, we miss that? We still got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the more clearly written rule, though. I mean, true, no. true. No, that's very well, true. Well, okay, so this was a game that I, I picked up used, obviously, online. Um, and the original rules apparently were missing. So whomever's game this was, they decided to just print out on, you know, using Word or whatever the rules on a piece of paper. So who knows if those rules were the right rules or not? We didn't. We didn't really even... I don't think verified them online or couldn't find them online or something to that effect. I found a picture of them, but yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, we winged it for a while. Eventually, we're like, this is the stupidest game ever. And then we're like, (laughs) don't. We were playing it wrong. No wonder it was dumb. (laughs) So what do you guys think of the look of the board? Uh, From a mathematical standpoint, it's a pretty cool like figure with the... uh, Is there a name for that kind of figure? I don't even know. Yes, there is. And I looked it up. 
Uh, rhombi trihexagonal <laughs> tiling pattern. Rhombi trihexagonal tiling pattern. That's a that fancy way called. to say like soccer ball style. No. <laughs> yeah, it's soccer ballish. And also a little bit like Tron in its green lines and black board. Oh, yeah. With Very bright good, green Celeste. lines. Exactly. Yeah. Good description. Yeah, I could see Tron in that. Yeah. Oh, Tron 1982 Tron. Yeah, this not is a game from 84. Yeah, the patterns so, yeah. are pretty neat to yeah. look at, too. You can kind of not only not only do they have the hexes there, but you can see that the, the wireframe also kind of formed overlapping hexes, kind of. Your goal is to surround your dots around one hex. So you're trying to get to the point where your team... Or, you know, your, you or your team. We played teams. Yeah, we did. And I thought that yes. was actually really good that we played teams. But I, I liked fun. it too, yes. But, but, um, yeah. but I'll come back to that. But yeah, you're trying to get six spaces around one hex filled before somebody else fills six around a different hex. Easier said than done. Right. Mm-hmm. It's And it doesn't even sound that easy, honestly. Watching somebody try to do things, six things on one figure is it's pretty tough to like let that slide on any of them. But... Speaking of sliding, that's the important thing. You get to slide people's pieces out of the way. Mm-hmm. So, par- so part of the trick is actually making it impossible for them to extricate your pieces from around one of the hexes by blo- by backfilling it. Right, mm-hmm. so that they can't slide you out of the way anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, you're you're in position, and now you've set it up so that you're blocked into position because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no way for them to slide you out. Yep. Yes, but that takes a lot of pieces. You, I mean, it's untenable to do that with all six pieces. Yeah, you'll inevitably be blocked and moved. But also, they're trying to concentrate on getting it onto their hex right. as well. So Right. Plus, you're also trying to prevent your opponent from gaining triangles and squares. Because if they achieve those, they get to start moving your pieces, picking them up and moving them across the board to some useless spot on the board. Mm-hmm. Right. So it go, you get to go beyond sliding into basically airlifting it out of the way. Right. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so so our first play through the game, like Celeste said, you know, it seemed really stupid. But once we learned those that other rule about sliding, it, get, it got a lot deeper after that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in deep thought. I know. <laughs> the, the depth of this game. It is. Yeah, it's uh, you do. I found myself. It, I put myself into sort of my chest brain uh, ignited. Mm-hmm. Um, and while playing this game, because when I, when I'm in that mode, I really kind of lose focus on everything else and I'm only concentrating on the board and I get, I, I start locking in and that, that was the sensation I got with this game as well. And, uh, it's kind of cool with teams because also me and Evan were on a team. Thankfully that was, uh, you know, him being was a chess player. Evan? Was it? I think it was, right? I thought it yes, was, yeah, me, it was and me and Mike. No, it was me and Evan. No, it was Mike and Evan. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's yeah. why uh, I lost you, the game. Me and you. <laughs> No. <laughs> You're playing for the wrong team. Wow, three on one, Ed. How do you no feel about that? Yeah, that made it brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, the cool thing about the team play is that you have to limit how much table talk you have, not because you're not allowed to talk about what your next moves will be, but because you're talking in front of the other team. Right, right. So mm-hmm. you don't want to give away your strategy, but you also want to clue your partner into what you might do next. That's right. You yeah, may you... see something really sweet on the board, and, but if you go to point it out, everybody knows and it's over. <laughs> yep. Or it's frustrating. It's like winking at your partner. Like uh, you're like a little, huh? Like you uh-huh. head nod, uh-huh. you know, like, I hope he sees this. You know. <laughs> that's, that's when kicking people under the table comes in handy. <laughs> yeah, right. Just kick the right leg, not the wrong leg. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was, I was actually surprised by the amount of 
uh, hard choices and interactions that this game had. It is a fairly basic abstract game. You just it does feel like it's like okay, I gotta position my pieces, and I'm trying to figure out like, oh, if I go here, this really a block this one, but it opens up that one, so. Oh, well, let me go this other way, and maybe it'll block two pieces from him, and we won't see that other one over there, maybe. And I had to look up as to why it was called Kensington. I'm like, okay, what is this word, Kensington? Well, right. I mean, here's what I know about Kensington. It's a district of London that is affluent, high-end, mm-hmm. and it has a very famous train station. Busy, famous train station. And apparently, yeah. And apparently it has some sort of floral gardens. The name is taken from the gardens of Kensington and the whatever famous floral situations going on there. Hence the hexagonal sort of look. These are supposed to represent sort of flowers uh, that you're looking at on the board. Abstract. Yeah, very abstract. Yeah, no kidding. That's supposed to be a flower in outer space? I mean... (laughs) <laughs> Space flower. <laughs> like a computer with one kilobyte of power figuring out what a flower yes. looks like. That's about what you got on the board there. It's, uh, did you guys ever play the game called uh, Defender, I think it was, where you oh, yes. you, you spin the ball and you go around the outside of this like yes. circular thing? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's what this reminded me of. Yep, you got yep. it. The Defender claw would go around the outside of this thing. Perfect. This space flower. Yes. <laughs> All right, old chaps, do tell. I say. Is it time to dig up or bury this game? What say you, Mike? Well, when we played correctly, there were some interesting strategic choices. I think team play makes this a fun and thought-provoking contest of wills. I will dig it up. Interesting, interesting. Eddie, old boy, do tell. I'm still not sure what to make of this game. It had some interesting placement strategies. I saw it like I'm thinking about where to move pieces, and that was kind of cool. So it worked fine as an app track. It had more depth than tic-tac-toe. <laughs> wow. Ultimately, I'm just not excited about playing this again, though. So, and for that reason, I'm going to bury it. Oh, Mr. Bernstein, why not enlighten us with your opinion? Uh, Kensington's... I say, what, what? What, what? Kensington, despite the hype on the cover of the box by many famous person, is actually an interesting abstract strategy game. The teammate aspect makes it different than most other abstracts. I was pleasantly surprised by it. And once we figured out the real rules, <laughs> it was fun. Oh, jolly good. Bloody hell, it was fun. <laughs> jolly good Dig fun. it up. Well, with such glowing endorsements on the cover of the game box, it would be damned unsporting not to give Kensington a try. But after a play or two, I'm sure I would be done with this glorified game of checkers. So, sadly, I'm going to have to bury it in the high street underground train at Kensington Station. What, what? What? What, what? (laughs) Take it out, Ed. If you have thoughts on whether you want your hard-boiled egg served on a platter with Kensington, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, at which game first on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Do you prefer three one-minute eggs or one three-minute egg? <laughs> I think one six-minute egg. And that brings us to the end of our show, old chaps. We look forward nice to hearing about all the game exploring you've been doing. If you'd like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes for just $3 a month, you can go to our website, click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance, 
do leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcaster. It really helps others find the show. Join our chat on our Discord server, which game first, and our Patreon supporters get access to exclusive channels. We are at Which Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Happy gaming, explorers! And Lord Kensington, I presume the game is afoot. Ah, back off to the farm. Have to go slaughter a pig. <laughs> I'll take one hard-boiled egg, please.